Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Definitely haven't had a lot of believers outside the locker room, but I never gave up. The Packers are alive! an opportunity right in front of us right now. It's time to go in the game. The days are numbered in the 2022 NFL regular season, but there is still so much to play for. Hello, welcome to NFL Live. We're going to get you set for everything. I'm already hyped up after now. seeing that Good. video. You can see right there, Marcus Spears, Mina Kimes, and Adam Schefter. I am Field Yates. Thursday night is here. That means the games begin. And they do so in Nashville, Tennessee, with our final Thursday night football game of the season. The Titans are what's left of them. Play host to the Cowboys. A very different Tennessee team is going to be out on the field than the one that we are accustomed to seeing. And for more on that matchup and all the changes in Nashville, Tennessee, we say good afternoon to Ed Werder. Ed, always great to hear from you. And it looks like there's going to be another quarterback change for the Titans. What more can you tell us? Thursday night football going out in style. Josh Dobbs <laughs> is replacing rookie Malik Willis as the starting quarterback tonight for the Titans. Dobbs was signed Eight days ago, the Cowboys almost got here first. Uh, hasn't made an NFL start ever in his career. Hasn't taken a snap in a game in nearly two years. Additionally, Tennessee has eight prominent players, including Ryan Tannehill and Jeffrey Simmons listed as out, and three others, including Derrick Henry, listed as doubtful. I'm told none of the 11 are expected to play tonight. Win or lose, the Titans are focused on next week's all-or-nothing game against the Jaguars for the division title and a home playoff game. So head coach Mike Vrabel prioritizing the health of his team. On the other side, Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott has no concerns about which Titans players line up against him tonight or how hard the opponent might compete in a game relatively meaningless for Tennessee. The Cowboys virtually certain to be on the road for the postseason, and Prescott wants to this game to develop momentum for the playoffs and it seems the Titans in their present condition represent the perfect opponent, which caused the Cowboys quarterback to smile and say, quote, if they want to roll us the ball a couple of times and let us go from there, I'm all for it. Uh, the Cowboys, of course, playing to win. Mike McCarthy wants to put as much pressure as possible on the Eagles, forcing them to win Sunday to clinch the NFC East in the number one seed in the playoffs, especially now that the Eagles are without Jalen Hurts and tackle Lane Johnson field. Ed, as always, great stuff, and enjoy the game tonight. I'm not exactly sure how to describe who will be playing for the Titans, but the game still matters, and, of course, 60 minutes of football awaits us all. We'll have more on this That's game. That's Al Michaels' problem, Sealed. <laughs> he'll, he'll figure that out one way or another with Herbie. Should be a fun one, at least for Cowboys fans. We're going to have more on that game in just a bit. We're going to move now to Miami, where quarterback Tua Tungavailoa is back in concussion protocol. It's the second time this season. He actually did suffer a concussion on Sunday against the Packers. We believe it was on this play right here, where you can see the back of his head hitting the turf hard. Hear from head coach Mike McDaniels, who talked about Tua and the latest and where he is at. I've been advised by um, medical professionals that uh, – 
it's uh, critical that Tua worries only about the day that he's currently in and nothing else. We continued to question him, and once we got some information back, we are like, you need to go see the doctor, so to say with absolute certainty that it was this, that, or otherwise. There were some things that caused us to really prod, and as a result, we felt like he needed to see um, medical professionals. Yeah, the news again is unfortunate as Tua does in fact have another concussion. He was initially checked for a concussion back in week three against the Bills. He re-entered the game. That situation led to an investigation into the team's concussion protocols. He then suffered a concussion on a hard tackle the following week in Cincinnati. That removed him for the next two games. Tagovailoa entered concussion protocol again this past Monday, now not expected to play against the Patriots on Sunday. Let's get Shefty and the entire crew in the mix here. And what more can you tell us on the status of Tua Tungabailoa going forward, Shefty? Well, Phil, you mentioned he's not expected to play. And this is a very serious and disconcerting and troubling situation surrounding Tua with everything that he has been through this past season. There have been so many times where he's had to leave the game. He's had at least two documented concussions. He's been in protocol at least two times or three times. It's hard to even keep up. The fact of the matter is they say that his well-being is the most important thing. And if it's the most important thing, we will not be seeing Tua Tunga by Lois Sunday. We may not be seeing him in the last Sunday of the season. And there's a real chance we won't be seeing him at all again this wow. season. We wait to see what the Dolphins determine here, what the best course of action is while Tua continues to get examined by various doctors and to receive updates about what he should and shouldn't be doing here going forward. But as you mentioned, it'll be Teddy Bridgewater on Sunday at New England as Miami tries to keep alive its playoff hopes. Yeah, at eight and seven, they do have the inside track to that final wild card spot, but they have work ahead of them. Swaggy, let's turn to you. With what Tua has gone through so far this season, what do you believe should be next for him? Yeah, babyface, listen, I'm no medical expert, but I do believe it was a concussion against Buffalo and obviously the one against Cincinnati where we all watched um, just trying to just hoping Tua was okay beyond football. And then you got this third situation. Listen, if I'm Tua um, and if I'm any part of his family, I'm having a real conversation about my career. Um, as far as the NFL football player and whether this should be it or not. And I'm not trying to be dramatic or polarizing, but this is three concussions in one calendar season, let alone a calendar year. And when you start thinking about uh, the long-term effects, the things that we've learned about the long-term effects of concussions, that needs to be a real conversation. Now, I know everybody looks at us as football players and we're barbaric and we're supposed to come out and do the things, but with information becomes knowledge. And with that knowledge, you need to do something with it. So if I'm, if I'm his family, if I'm a part of Tua's camp, I'm having a real conversation about if this career should be in question and if it should be over because your well-being long-term, as we've seen so many stories come out about the about the things that transpire from having concussions. Think about this, y'all. They got dudes don't have concussions throughout a 10, 15-year career mm. in football. And we're talking about two of having three in one season. So I think that needs to be a real conversation for him this offseason and going forward. You know, it's not exactly the easiest topic to pivot off of and just talk about football, but the Dolphins as a team do have to move forward here. Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the starter, as we mentioned. And what's going to be the key in this matchup against the Patriots who have been playing better defensively? Yeah, Field, so I went back and watched Teddy's game against Minnesota. He played most of the game, not all of it. He hasn't played a complete game for 
Miami. And I have to say, I, I was pretty impressed. I thought he played well, executed the offense. It wasn't too dissimilar from what we've seen. The play-action game was there. He was airing the ball downfield. Did throw a couple interceptions. One of them wasn't really his fault. But I thought he acquitted himself quite nicely. Now, that said, the Minnesota defense is very different from the New England defense. And, and regardless of who was playing quarterback for Miami, I would say the Patriots defense presents some unique problems. They are capable of taking away the middle of the field the way we've seen defenses who have done well against Miami have done that. Uh, and they are getting a ton of pressure lately. Josh Uche is turning into an absolute star playing opposite a guy who we know is a star in Matt Judon. So I think for Teddy, a couple keys. The ball's got to come out quick. Uh, to neutralize the advantage that the Patriots have at the line of scrimmage. And he's got to find a way, and he and Mike McDaniel, I should say, have to find a way to take advantage of their biggest advantage, which is their wide receiver versus a Patriots cornerback group that is injured. They'll be facing some backups there. If he can do that, I think that they can still move the ball in offense because he is, of course, one of the more capable backups in the NFL. Yeah, three of the Patriots' top cornerbacks currently not practicing, so they are thin at a spot <laughs> you do not want to be thin at against the yeah. Miami Dolphins. Let's go all the way to Las Vegas as the Raiders made a quarterback change yesterday. Head coach Josh McDaniels announced that longtime starter Derek Carr has been benched for the final two games of the season. He's away from the team entirely. Jared Siddham is the next man up. Here's McDaniels and Devontae Adams, Carr's closest friend on the team and perhaps the reason he's a Raider in the first place, on the move to move off of Derek Carr. None of us is happy with where we're at, um, but we think it's a, an opportunity to um, you know, evaluate a younger player who hasn't had much time to play. Talking to Derek, uh, who was great. He understands the scenario that we're in and the situation and very supportive of the two young guys. There's no finality to today. This is just a, you know, a decision we thought after talking about it and contemplating it that we thought would be an opportunity for us. Obviously, I don't think anybody was excited about it in here. Um, you know, him being one of, one of my really good friends and, you know, the reason why I came here in the first place. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here right now if he wasn't, uh, you know, if he wasn't here. Does this change anything about how you view uh, where you are and the situation moving forward? Um, well, we got two games left. We got the Niners this week, and then we got a, another game to go and, and finish. So that's really all that I'm really focused on. You can make a good argument from a football standpoint that there are actually reasons to remove Derek Carr from this starting role. The nine-year vet posted a QBR of just two when blitzed over that span. That's the worst in the league, as you can imagine. His six picks come out to an interception rate of nearly 7%, also the worst in the NFL in that span. He's been off target on 24% of his past attempts. Only Zach Wilson has been worse. These past three weeks have been ugly. Sheffield, let's get back to you. What more can you tell us about what's going on with Carr and the Raiders, a story that feels like is just beginning? Well, it's a situation field where yesterday they made the decision to bench him for the rest of the season. And when they do that, obviously, it certainly seems like it ends his tenure in Las Vegas, where he is the all-time leading passer, has thrown for more yards, more touchdown passes than any quarterback there. Now, there is the issue of the guaranteed money. The Raiders did not want to be on the hook for that at that point in time. They say it has, did not drive the decision here. But the fact of the matter is, if Carr had played or practiced the last two weeks of the season and gotten hurt, the Raiders would have been on the hook for over $40 million in guaranteed money. And if they're willing to bench him and have him go away from the facility, which he's now left and be inactive for the next two weeks of the season, then clearly they're willing to move forward without him. And they've made an organizational decision to go in an entirely different direction. There are people out there that believe Derek Carr can still be a salvage quarterback and be effective. In this league, mm. there are others like the Raiders who wonder again about the numbers that you put up there 
and why he was ineffective this year and had a league-leading interception total. So it'll be up to some general manager, but this offseason, in a certain kind of way, Derek Carr turns in to the type of quarterback that we've seen last offseason with Baker Mayfield or Carson Wentz, where you're looking for a new home for that particular player, and we'll see which teams are interested, if any, in trading for him. Swagoo feels a long way from that three-year, $121.5 million extension that Derek Carr and the Raiders agreed to this offseason. What do you make of this move by Las Vegas? Babyface, it feels a bit disrespectful, um, I must say, from a player's perspective. I, I think when you think about this situation in entirety, you got to go back to last year when Derek Carr was literally the spokesperson for a tumultuous season, all of the things that were going on outside of the football field and actually played well enough to get this team into the playoffs. So to me, this breeds that there is a disconnect and some un unlikeness within the Raiders' uh, front office, head coaching, and, and quarterback situation, especially with a new head coach and Josh McDaniels coming in. I know um, you hear Tay Adams talk about it, and he actually posted about how much he has Derek Carr's back and understands that this is a business. But also, I, I will say this, man, as a player in the locker room, especially if Derek Carr is the guy that we watched him be, this would be very disheartening for me to see him be done this way. And obviously, you could make an argument for his play. And, and like Shefty pointed out, the contract situation, which they would be on the hook for. But just from a player on the field perspective, playing in this locker room, seeing his leadership come to fold last year, this feels a lot, this feels a lot uh, disrespectful from the standpoint of sitting him down, especially if he was expecting and wanting to play. Well, I do have some good news for Derek Carr, Marcus. <laughs> He's probably going to end up with a better team next year. So he's got that going for him. He also has that no trade clause, so he has some discretion. Because I, I do think that he will be a hot ticket on the trade market for a couple of reasons. It's a meaning, it's a, a pardon me, it's not an excessive contract next year when he's traded. It would be about $33 million. An acquiring team could cut him after that. Obviously, they'd have to give up something for him to Las Vegas. Um, but, you know, I, I do think there's also a lot of teams out there that need quarterbacks that are otherwise pretty solid. When you start looking across the league at the Jets, the Commanders, of course, we always talk about the Colts, potentially the Falcons. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of options for Derek Carr, and there aren't a lot of other quarterbacks in the market. Maybe Tom Brady, who decides <laughs> not to return to the Bucs. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, of course, would be a free agent. But assuming Lamar Jackson returns to Baltimore, I have to think Derek Carr is going to be a target for a lot of those teams, and I think he'll be happy to land with some of them. Shefty, we've got a newsy quarterback afternoon so far, and you have more out of Tennessee. What can you tell us here? Yeah, a few moments ago, the Tennessee Titans officially placed their quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, on injured reserve, effectively ending his season. He underwent ankle surgery last week. He was never going to come back and play again in the regular season. That much was never in question. Now it looks like he's not going to be able to come back at all. And the Titans already are preparing to be without him because they're going to start Josh Dobbs tonight against the Dallas Cowboys. And I think the reason they're doing that is to get him ready for next week's matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars, considering that they just signed him off the Lions practice squad eight days ago. So tonight is almost like a preseason tune-up for Dobbs to get ready for the game next week that'll have divisional implications and whether or not they can hold on to win the AFC South title. But here's the sentence that I don't think a lot of people would have ever 
have imagined hearing early in the year the Tennessee Titans' hopes of winning the AFC South title now rest on the shoulders of Josh Dobbs. The Tennessee Volunteers, their hopes, yes, when he played there in college. Tennessee Titans, I was not expecting that, certainly not here in 2022. We're just getting started here on NFL Live. The number one seed is on the line this week in the AFC. Can the Bills' defense find a way to slow down Joe Burrow and those Bengals wide receivers? Plus, Mike White will start for the Jets this week against the Seahawks. We'll get into what this QB brings to the offense and the others do not. Stay tuned for it all. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Back here on NFL Live, and time now for a little game of On Trend. We dive into a recent trend, ask our, our, ask our analysts if we think it's going to persist. We start in Carolina with Baker Mayfield out the door. It's been the Sam Darnold show. It's had a pretty good month. The former Jet has posted a QBR of 82 when not pressured in December. That's the third best in the league. Only Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes have been better over that span. Mean, I'll start with you. Do you expect this trend to continue for Donald against the Bucks this weekend? I think it's going to be more challenging against a very good Bucks pass rush, but Sam Darnold's performance kept, kept clean can be attributed to a, a few things. The Carolina run game has been dominant. The offensive line has slowly over the course of the season become one of the better offensive lines in football, and as a result, he is playing comfortably. If he can continue that against Tampa, I think they can pull off the win, but he's going to have to stay upright and not throw any interceptions. And if they get that win, all of a sudden first place in the NFC South. Let's go to Los Angeles next, where the Chargers put themselves back into the playoff mix their defense since week 14 LA has allowed just 11 points per game that's the best in the league during that span they've only surrendered about 225 yards per game and have limited opposing quarterbacks to a total QBR of just 19 also the best in the NFL over that span swag you want to know you love yourself some defense is this trend going to continue for the Chargers down the stretch I believe it will babyface I think one getting healthy obviously we see this team they went through some injuries defensively but 
the addition of Braden Fajoko in the interior, you talk about Sebastian Joseph Day, some of the things and acquisitions that they made is starting to come to play. No more than Kyle Van Noy. He's affecting the way this defense is playing in the pass and the run game. I think this trend continues, and if they continue to play really good defense, we know offensively they can play with anybody in the AFC. We are on to Cincinnati, where Joe Burrow and the Bengals play host to the Bills. Josh Allen, of course, Monday Night Football on ESPN. These two-star quarterbacks have combined for 78 rushing and passing touchdowns this season. That ties for the most combined touchdowns for two quarterbacks going head-to-head -head in NFL history. That's a ridiculous stat. Two years ago, Aaron Rodgers and Ryan Tannehill matched up with 78 touchdowns between them. The same thing happened when two years prior when Patrick Mahomes took on Russell Wilson. Also, 78 touchdowns amongst the pair. Here are both quarterbacks on the upcoming showdown. The dude's all ball. Like He, he loves football. Um, obviously, he's, he's a heck of a talent, a heck of a player. Got a lot of respect for him as a person, as a player, especially after his rookie year and, and the struggle you know, with the injury that he had and coming back and just really kind of lighting the league on fire. It's been super impressive to watch. He's, he's got a heck of a story. Everybody that watches Josh, you don't have, there's no, there's no secrets about why he's so good. He's, he's fun to watch, runs around, makes plays, makes throws that nobody else can make. He's just an exciting player, a great player that, you know, where it's going to be fun to go against him. I can't wait for this matchup. So I'll start with you, Mina. What do you think the key to this matchup will be specifically when the Bengals have the ball? Yeah. One of the reasons I love this game is not just because it's two of the most exciting young quarterbacks in football, but also two of the best defensive coaches in football in Lou Anarumo in Cincinnati, Leslie Frazier in Buffalo. And Frazier's got his work cut out for him because I think the biggest discrepancy talent-wise in this game is those Bengals wide receivers against a Phil's cornerback group that's been uneven. It's been a revolving door. One of the positions, Travis White is back, but he's not quite big, be, uh, quite back to being himself yet. So I think for Frazier and the Bills, uh, job number one is to not let the Bengals beat you outside. You want to force them to attack you yes. between the numbers where the Bills have the third best defense in football, EPA per play. So I suspect we're going to see a lot of zone, a lot of split safety. So the Patriots have success with some of those looks in the second half against Cincinnati. They're going to try to make Joe Burrow work underneath run the ball, and hopefully make some mistakes. But it, it, it's, it's a very tough matchup because those Bengals wide receivers are very, very hard to defend. Yeah, there's no domination on Monday night. It's just survival. Swaggy, let's go to the other <laughs> side of the ball. What's the key in this one when the Bills are on offense? I think efficiency, babyface. And I know it's crazy to say that when Josh Allen is your quarterback and he's a cyborg and can do tremendous things, as we heard Joe Burrow allude to. But they have, a, they have an opportunity to run the football. And against the Cincinnati Bengals, the worst thing you can do is become one-dimensional. We've seen the defensive coordinator, Lou Anarumo, for the Cincinnati Bengals take things and dimensions away from offenses. But if you make yourself that way, it's a very tough unit to have a nice out on. So I think the run game with Singletary and obviously Cook, those guys were had a 23-carry game between the both of them, had a tremendous amount of success, took some pressure off Josh Allen having to be Superman throughout large majority of the game. And when he needs to be, he can be that with his legs as well as his arm. But I think the Buffalo Bills, to make it all the way, Throughout the longevity of this season, especially going throughout the playoffs and trying to win a Super Bowl, I'm not saying you come to every game saying we're going to hand the ball off 25, 30 times to these guys. You play as the game allows you to. But I do believe that it needs to be some efficiency on the ground to not only take some pressure off of Josh Allen, especially have, giving him the propensity to turn the football over, but also just having, having to be able to churn out possessions and drives 
and being able to play at a level in which you make defenses uh, kind of do what you want them to do in order to open up that passing game. So I think against the Cincinnati Bengals would be a good start against a defense that you know is formidable up front, and they absolutely wants to make want to make you one-dimensional. Don't make yourself that way. I can just I can see the passion oozing from you when you talk about running the football swag. I know how much you love it. Hey, did I tell you this <laughs> it's already? It's a big man's game. Okay, good, because I'm uh, – of course it is. We're going to remind you one more time. This game is on Monday Night Football. It's our ESPN Monday Night Football matchup, 8-15 Eastern ESPN. ESPN2, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN Plus. Our coverage begins with Monday Night Countdown, 7 Eastern on ESPN2. Still not close to done here on NFL Live. Coming up with Carson Wentz back in as QB1. Will we see a big difference in this commander's offense? We discuss that next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. The Jets have playoff life, but they're going to need to win out in order to have a chance to make the postseason, and they're turning to Mike White under center again. He's been medically cleared to start against Seattle. Zach Wilson will be inactive once again. And why not Mike White? On throws 15 yards down the field, Mike White has toast posted a total QBR of 98, with a completion percentage over expectation of plus 12%, all while completing nearly 60% of those passes. Anyone not named Mike White? has combined for a QBR of 45 on those same throws with a negative CPOE. They've completed just 41% of such passes this season. That, of course, is amongst other Jets. Let's get Shefty in here. And what more can you tell us about the health of Mike White and how he got cleared for this game after missing the past two? Well, Field, he's been medically cleared, and he's out there taking part as full go in practice during the week. So that's encouraging for the New York Jets. What happened here was... He visited with doctors on Mondays and uh, this past Monday, and Jets doctors cleared him to start Sunday's game in Seattle, which is the news that the Jets were hoping for. With their season riding on the line, they needed the quarterback that's provided some stability and some productivity this season. They got that from their doctors on Monday, clearing White to go. And as you said, with the medical clearance and now being a full participant in practice, he is all systems go for Sunday in Seattle. Good news there for the Jets offense. As we just showed you, Swagoo, he's been much better throwing the ball down the field. But what more does Mike White bring to this Jets offense? Yeah, one babyface I think is just a calming presence um, to an offense that been that has been much maligned, obviously, with Zach Wilson 
and, and Joe Flacco in his time when he came in briefly. But also, like, this is a roster built for you not to have to be a Superman at the quarterback position. And Mike White sometimes can play above the X's and O's. Obviously, you think it's a, mo a much more mature approach to what they do offensively. And more importantly, he understands who needs the damn ball in their hands. Like, I think the last time out, Garrett Wilson had 15 targets. Yeah, like, that's what you should do. 20. He spreads the ball around. He's a, 20, yeah. So he spreads the ball around, much more mature in the huddle. I'm sure you, you see the way the team galvanizes and rallies. But, uh, around this guy. So it's a lot of things he brings to the table intangibly with this football team that gives them the feeling that they have a shot in these games and they can win these games. And he won't be the minus yeah. of what they're trying to do. Lean on, a, lean on the defense, get the ball in the playmaker's hands as much as possible, spread the football around, and just be mature about your approach and how you approach this offense, knowing that the other side of the football is probably going to give you chance after chance to have success. Mina, not just a big game for the Jets, but also the Seahawks, who are trying to punch a playoff berth in the NFC. There's a lot of ways you can go with this. What is a key matchup to watch on Sunday? You know, the Seahawks would rather see Zach Wilson, right? Like, mm. so this is bad news for them. <laughs> As Marcus said, Mike White is the more competent quarterback. However, I, there are a couple things that I actually think the Jets need to do better with him to take advantage of Seattle's weaknesses. We know that Seattle has struggled to stop the run, although they have tightened up the run defense a little bit as of late. This Jets rushing attack, which was so good early in the season with Brees Hall and then at times with Zonovan Knight, has really fallen off over the last few weeks. So you'd want to see them look better on the ground in this one if you're a Jets fan. And then the other thing is Seattle's the worst defense in the NFL against short passes, 0 to 10 yards. Garrett Wilson mm. in the ball with his hands, pardon me, in the, with the ball in his hands is going to be a problem. <laughs> An issue for Mike White, however, is he's actually been worse throwing the ball short than Zach Wilson. He's been better at explosive passes. So I think you'd want to see him be a little bit more accurate working underneath because there will be opportunities for him if he does so. Yeah, looking forward to this matchup, though. Both teams were so much on the line in Week 17. The Commanders also making a quarterback switch. This one, yeah. not, though, because of injury. Carson Wentz is back under center in place of Taylor Heineke with Washington trying to be a playoff team themselves. The two quarterbacks talked about the decision to hand the keys back off to the veteran quarterback who actually spelled Heineke in relief earlier on last week. It sucks. Um, you know, every guy in this locker room feel, should feel like they should start. Um, if you don't, then you shouldn't be in this league. Um, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. Um, I'm, again, I'm going to try and be the best backup I can be to. To get to that point, this point in the season, after everything we've been through as a team, uh, I think it means a lot to us. And uh, we all know where we're at. We all know what we're capable of and, and what we're up against. So it's exciting for us as a team. Obviously, I'm excited um, for my opportunity as well. Sort of an interesting choice here, given that Heineke has actually put up pretty reasonable numbers of late. The Commanders have gone 5-3-1 and one. Heineke's nine starts. It's a top-10 record in the span for those who believe quarterbacks influence winning. Washington also ranks 12th in yardage under Heineke in weeks one through seven with Wentz under center. The Commanders scored a touchdown or field goal on just 23% of their drives. That was the league's lowest drive score rate by a lot over that span. Jeffy, let's get back to you. That why go mm. back to Carson Wentz right now? I think they're hoping that Carson Wentz provides a spark. I think Taylor Heineke is a little bit beat up right now. You mentioned the record, though. There's no doubt that Taylor Heineke's got support in that locker room, that his teammates believe in him. But they think that by going to Carson Wentz, it could make the offense a bit more effective. They'll have some more throws downfield available to them, some bigger plays. And I think they're looking for that big play spark here down the stretch as they need to 
hold on to that last playoff spot field. Kind of a merry-go-round in D.C., Swaggy. What do you make of this quarterback move? Baby face, you ever play roulette <laughs> at the at the uh, casino? Yeah, I've donated uh, some money. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Listen, man, I I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I know I'm supposed to come on here and know uh, know something about the decision maker. They call him Riverboat Run for a reason. Mm. Listen, I Carson Wentz offers some things, right? Like we know that athleticism, he can get out and pick up some tough third downs. We know Carson Wentz' deep ball can be nice, and I guess you're betting on upside. You're hoping that he's a more consistent throughout the duration of a game. We all sit back and wait. Let's be honest. We sit back and wait for Carson Wentz to make the one mistake that cost his team the football game. That's been the thing. Look, Carson Wentz has success in Indy. He, he, play, he had some good games, played well. He shows you flashes. The worst player, when I played for Bill Parcells, when he used to say the worst player you want to coach is a player that flashes. Mm. You would rather have a consistent, even-keeled guy where you know every Sunday this is what you're going to get out yeah. of him as opposed to having a guy that can be a rocket ship and then can go down to the lowest valley that you've ever seen on earth. Riverboat Run is gambling. He's hoping that he can have Carson Wentz play at that level that we've seen him reach. And no, I'm not talking about 2017 Philly. I'm yeah. talking about the athlete, the ability to push the ball down the field, pick up first downs and with your legs on third down, and have more of that than the bad part. But I'm telling you he's gambling because I don't know if I would have put Carson Wentz in over Taylor Haneke, but $28 million will make you do it too. That's what I believe his salary <laughs> is this year. You got to get that out of him. You know, I think that this is an upside play, like you guys have been saying, uh, the arm strength, Adam alluded to the big play ability, the athleticism. But I would also add, Taylor Heineke's also put the ball in harm's way, mm. probably more than he's gotten punished for during his winning streak. So I don't think you're choosing between the safe quarterback and the risky quarterback necessarily. Um, you're just hoping that you get more, especially in the red zone. I did see something from Carson Wentz in his limited play against San Francisco that I really liked which is he was getting the ball out quickly and checking down, which you have to do against that San Francisco defense. That is encouraging, I think, because, of course, that's been a little bit of an issue with him over the course of his career, that willingness or lack thereof to check down. So if he can sustain that, coupled with some of the upside you get from his athleticism and his big arm, I do understand this decision from Ron Rivera. Yeah, Mina, it's weird. Go ahead, Swagoo. I think Mina, makes, Mina made the greatest point Red zone efficiency, because mm. that we we saw the mm. commander struggle with that with Taylor Heineke. And whether that's Carson Wentz being able to see over the line of scrimmage, whether that's him being uh, athletic and trying to get in the end zone or making some throws yeah. that, that Taylor Heineke can't, yeah. that's a big deal, especially if you're the commanders and you're thinking that is where you lose in games. You know, we started the show talking about the Raiders quarterback situation, and many asked, why now? I feel like with the commanders, it's kind of like, now is time. It just feels appropriate given how Heineke has performed of late and the possibility of when sparking a change, as you all referenced. Hey, still to come, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, no quarterback controversy there, but they are in must-win territory. Can the Vikings put their playoff dreams to an end this weekend? Find out who Mina thinks will be a matchup nightmare for this Green Bay defense. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. 
Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Back on NFL Live and time for a look at the top stories around the NFL with Adam Schefter. And Shefty, we begin in Philadelphia. What can you tell us? Field Jalen Hurts was spotted at practice today. The first sign of him practice since he suffered that sprained SC joint in his shoulder. That's an encouraging sign for Philadelphia. It doesn't mean that Jalen Hurts will be on the field Sunday against the New Orleans Saints, but it does mean that he is trending in the right direction. If he can't start Sunday, then Gardner Minshew would. All the Eagles have to do is win one more game, and keep in mind they'll be doing it without their right tackle, Lane Johnson, Lane Johnson, one of the outstanding pass protectors in the league. That's a major loss for this offense. As for the Ravens quarterback, Lamar Jackson, he missed his 11th straight practice today putting Tyler Huntley in line to start Sunday versus the Steelers. The Ravens thought and hoped that Lamar Jackson would be back Christmas Eve to play against the Atlanta Falcons after he sprained his PCL. But the wait for Lamar Jackson continues to go on. Not well just yet. 11 straight missed practices. And after missing practice yesterday, Aaron Rodgers was back today despite the fact that he is now nursing a knee injury. The ribs seem to be better at this point in time. The thumb seems to be better, but now he's dealing with the knee. It doesn't seem like it's going to hold him out and prevent him from playing Sunday's game. Green Bay will have him. There is a bigger question about whether Christian Watson will be out there. Aaron Rodgers certainly could use him against the Vikings, but Aaron Rodgers will continue the Packers' playoff push on Sunday. Yeah, Chef, did you mention the NFC North champion Vikings are headed to Lambeau on Sunday afternoon for a huge one with the Packers. Let's look back to week one when the Vikings dominated Green Bay. Justin Jefferson went off. He had 158 yards and two touchdowns in the first half. He had more yardage in the first half than the Packers wideouts had all game. It was a struggle for the entire Packers offense in week one. Their seven points in that contest was their fewest all season. That was the first play of the game. That was Christian Watson right there. My, how things have changed. The Vikings have had a bunch of close games this season, but that game was not one of them. The win over Green Bay is the only one of their 12 wins this season that has been decided by more than one score. There's a lot riding on this game at home for the Packers. According to ESPN's analytics, Green Bay's playoff chances currently stand at 37%. With a win, that number balloons to 62%. With a loss, that number crumbles all the way down to 4%. Mina, I can't believe how different these teams feel right now compared to where they were in week one. What do you think is the key matchup in this one? Well, Green Bay's (laughs) defense struggles in a lot of ways, Mm. stopping the runs, stopping play action. Something that I think is going to be a huge issue for them in this game in particular is they cannot stop tight ends. Uh, When quarterbacks throw to to their tight ends against Green Bay, they have an average QBR of 88. To put that in context field, Patrick Mahomes throwing to Travis Kelsey 
has a QBR of just over 90. So basically, they're turning <laughs> quarterbacks throwing to tight ends and Patrick Mahomes throwing to Travis Kelsey. And it's the problem because the difference between this Vikings team and the one that beat them in week one is TJ Hawkinson, who has been fantastic over the last few weeks. You know, every defense starts out by saying, how do we stop Justin Jefferson? The problem is when you do that against Minnesota, they've also got TJ Hawkinson, uh, who is just so all around for them, so good at just about everything and has been dominant uh, recently. So I think that's going to be an issue for Green Bay amongst a litany of issues on defense. MK, you are absolutely right. And then, you, I mean, you mentioned Hawkinson and Justin Jefferson, but K.J. Osborne can kill you at times. Adam yeah. Thielen is still there, who is not the same, but not chopped liver at all. More importantly, like, this is the game where Minnesota can put it to bed, right? Like, you, you, you have a Green Bay team that's won three in a row and have been ascending. You're starting to see Aaron Rodgers get on the same page with his wide receivers, which is the scariest thing on earth when it comes to Minnesota's defense and defending the pass, which is why Green Bay has an absolute shot in this game. But if you're Kirk Cousins and if you're this offense and you're the Minnesota Vikings who's, who's played second fiddle in this division, this is your opportunity to close the door. One, you get a chance to go to Lambeau and win the game because you are a better team than the Green Bay Packers. Two, you probably eliminate them from the playoffs, as Babyface mentioned, going down to a 4% chance. And more importantly, you won't have to see them again. Um, you, yeah. you potentially could see them in the playoffs. Now, I don't know how all of that would play out, but there's potential there. So I, I think this is about Minnesota and who you are as a football team, who you are this year in particular in this division, and if you want to put the Green Bay Packers lights out when you have an opportunity which has been missed so many years, here's your opportunity to do it in Lambeau. Yes, yeah, Swagoo, I'm no Will Hunting, but I can tell you that if the Packers do win on Sunday, there's a real chance they could play the Vikings again as soon as round one of the playoffs. Can't wait for Lambeau this upcoming Sunday afternoon. Hey, coming up next year at NFL Live, the Cowboys have secured a spot in the playoffs, but Marcus says there are still more needs to be done. He is to see from Dak and this Dallas defense tonight. I'm so motivated. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back here in NFL Live, and the Titans looking to snap a five-game losing streak. They play host to the Cowboys tonight. Dallas, Dallas, of course, coming off of a huge win this past week. Problem for Tennessee is, like, basically every player that you know by name. So they're on IR, unavailable tonight. Dak Prescott was great last week, especially against zone coverage. But look at this injury list for the Titans tonight, who either are doubtful or will not play Three new additions to the IR list, by the way. Oh, only Ryan Tannehill, Bud Dupree, and Zach Cunningham. 
three of their most respected and experienced veterans on the entire roster. And also, we're not going to see Derrick Henry tonight as he is doubtful to play. No player has been listed as doubtful as playing the game yet this season. But Shefty, as if that wasn't enough, the Titans are making another, ten another quarterback change. What can you tell us about their plans tonight at starting quarterback? Field, they are expected to start Josh Dobbs, who they signed off the Detroit Lions practice squad eight days ago. And their thinking is this. Ryan Tannehill is on injury reserve. He's now out for the year. And so they go to Josh Dobbs because, frankly, he's more experienced than Malik Willis. They trust him more right now in a spot like this than Malik Willis. And they're using tonight's game against the Dallas Cowboys, which really doesn't have a lot of implications on the division race as a tune-up for next week's game against Jacksonville, which is going to decide the AFC South champion. So they're going to get Josh Dobbs ready tonight to start next week against Jacksonville. It'll be a two-game start for Josh Dobbs. At least that's the plan with Ryan Tannehill now on injured reserve and his season effectively over and the Tennessee Titans having to rely on Josh Dobbs, the former Tennessee standout, who they hope can be another standout in Tennessee, only this time for the Titans. Yeah, at the professional level. Now, Shmina, as, we, as we've told people before, if they win next week against the Jaguars, they're in the playoffs. What do you make of this move yeah. for the Titans? So again, win next week and you are in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, to put it in perspective, there's not photos of Josh Dobbs wearing a Titans uniform to use to advertise the game. This is kind of like the Baker Mayfield start, although, you know, maybe even more uh, desperate seeming because Mayfield has more NFL experience. Um, you know, when I first heard the news field, I thought perhaps they were just trying to keep Malik Willis healthy, thinking this is a yeah, meaningless same. game. But now it sounds like this is much more about thinking Willis, who was, of course, came into the NFL as a pretty raw prospect and we knew required a lot of development, thinking that he wouldn't be ready to put them into the playoffs in week 18 and that Josh Dobbs gave them a better chance. Not much to say about that except for the fact that the Titans are truly backed up uh, against a wall here. It's not a great situation. And I'll say this, it's not a good situation for Dobbs because we talked about all the injuries on the defense. Ryan Tannehill was playing behind a very, very dubious protection uh, situation. The offensive line had injuries. This is not a good spot for a young quarterback, a young, inexperienced quarterback, either now or in Week 18. I mean, it's just remarkable. I mean, maybe we should have known when Harold Landry tore his ACL before the season, the Titans were just sort of destined for bad injury luck, but I could have never imagined this swagoo. Let's go to the other side of this game, though, because while the Cowboys have just a glimmer of hope in the NFC East division race, it's still an important game. What would you like to see from them to know that they are building off of that huge win over the Eagles last Saturday? First and foremost, babyface, no turnovers from Dak Prescott. Mm. That's number one. I think that's where you want to start not giving the team extra possessions or opportunities to score from the defensive side of the football. The second thing is we used to have this saying in games like this, do your work early, okay? And yeah. that's for the Dallas Cowboys. Don't come in here, sleep and slumber. Don't read what we're talking about or, or think about the guys that are out because I know they watch NFL Live, but don't think about the guys <laughs> that are out don't think about who's playing quarterback. This needs to be a game where the Dallas Cowboys, when it comes to late, mid 
to late third quarter, they need to be able to play some backups and get some other guys some mm. experience because you also want to think about not having your guys be injured as you start to go down the road, especially already being in the playoffs. This is a very this is a very precarious coaching situation, I believe. Okay. For Mike, um, Mike and um, Mike and Kellen Moore, right? When you start thinking about one, we getting these guys ready to play. The things that's transpired in Tennessee. How fast do we how aggressive and fast do we want to be in order to try to get our our guys that we have to depend on to try to make a run at this thing? See if we can get this ballooned and get them out of the game when we start thinking about health. So it's a lot of things that are um, in play for this coaching staff and how they think about going about this game as opposed to a normal week. Man, what a unique set of circumstances. Mike McCarthy, by the way. McCarthy, of course. Time now for one more thing, and our one more thing today is our picks for the game. Uh, Swagu, I think our picks are going to be flashing on the screen here in a second, but who do you have in this game is, uh, unsurprisingly, we have some consensus in this one. Yeah, I got Dallas, and I don't think my score indicates what I just said, but they yeah. need to blow this thing open early and get out of the game. Okay, Mean and I agree for a bigger margin as well. NFL Live back tomorrow to recap this game and so much.